0: Hello and welcome to the Webtoon Room. I'm Will and I'm Crudy and today we're here to talk about Children of the Night by Yugi Arts
1: or Katerina Sarmento. This is one of my personal favorite webtoons. I love it so much. I'm getting just like a warm feeling in my chest just thinking about it so I'm really excited to be talking about this one today.
0: We both love this one so let's get into it.
1: All right, well, where do
0: we start? We should start where all stories begin with the premise. Children of the Night is Pride and Prejudice and vampires set in Victorian-era England, and we follow young Beth and her journey through a love triangle of sorts.
1: Yes, Beth is in a love triangle with a vampire, and she's also engaged to a human man called Kenneth Masters. But before we get into that, let's start at the beginning of the story with Beth. She is 18 years old and she is shown to be kind of an introvert. She is a big lover of books, so she sneaks off to the manor to read books and she kind of considers it a safe haven of sorts because at home, she often feels restricted by the expectations that are set upon her by society and mostly being enforced by her parents, her mom in particular, has all sorts of expectations for her. Her mom is in fact the person who, I think in the second episode, sets up her engagement with Kenneth. And Beth resents this control, but she cannot rebel against her mother. So she's forced to meet Kenneth. And even before she meets him, she kind of resents the fact that she has to be engaged to this man that she doesn't know.
0: Yeah. In a way, she feels very helpless in her circumstances. And you're right. Her only real escape are books.
1: Which is how she comes to meet Lawrence, who, for the majority of time up until the beginning of the webtoon, he was living in Cornwall. But he recently returns, and it happens to be to the manor that Beth has been sneaking off to to read books. So she ends up encountering him there in the middle of the night.
0: For Beth, that manor is a bit of a hideaway. It's a safe place for her to... Retreat from her duties and responsibilities, and meeting Lawrence there makes it more special and intimate in a way.
1: right. It's a little bit of a forbidden relationship, not only because she is becoming friends with a man which is very taboo at the time, but she's also sneaking off in the middle of the night to do something she knows she shouldn't be doing, and I think this speaks to Beth's nature as a little bit of a free spirit. She seeks connections and friendships outside of what is considered by family and society to be acceptable because she feels tied down by those expectations and by those limitations. And part of it also, I think, is that Beth has been a little bit sheltered from the world and this is her way of trying to take some autonomy and grow up a little bit and do something and pursue a friendship even though she knows that it would be frowned upon.
0: Yeah, it's her way of expressing herself, really.
1: Rebelling, even, a little bit.
0: And so she continues meeting Lawrence, who, by the way, is a vampire. Did you hear? Lawrence is a vampire. Beth doesn't know this, by the way. She continues to meet him, and books become how they spend their time together. They talk about them, they sit and read together, and it's how they bond.
1: Yeah, books represent this common interest between the two of them, and it is also a way for... Lawrence and Beth, respectively, to escape their own reality for a little bit. When they're in that manner, when they're reading together and when they're discussing books, they can escape some facts of their reality that they're not necessarily happy with and just be happy in their own little world. The very nature of their friendship is forbidden. And for Beth as a woman and Lawrence as a vampire, both of them are restricted by society with certain rules in place. And especially for Lawrence and with vampire society, we'll get into a lot more of that later. And a big reason that they're drawn to each other is because it provides a rebellion and a respite from everything that's being expected of them.
0: And their relationship just develops from there. They spend a lot of time together and they both start to question their relationship a little bit.
1: Yeah, this comes back to Beth being a little bit sheltered from the world. Her interest in pursuing this friendship is a lot of curiosity, but she's also very innocent. And her pursuing this interest in this friendship is very innocent. But she learns through this experience of getting to know Lawrence that as innocent as her intentions may have been in pursuing it, there are always consequences with entangling yourself so closely with another
0: being. Yeah, this is contrasted with Beth's relationship with Kenneth, or their developing relationship, that is.
1: Yes, and it's really funny because when Beth first meets Kenneth, their relationship starts off on a rocky footing.
0: It's not fun for anyone involved.
1: No. Beth is forced to be there, and we later learn that Kenneth is also forced to be there, forced to get married by his father. And so both Beth and Kenneth resent each other before they even meet each other because of the expectations set by their parents. And because of that, Kenneth is kind of an aggressive asshole To Beth during their first meeting, he puts on this behavior to set a really negative first impression in the hopes that Beth will be horrified and she will call her mom to call off the engagement. And this has worked before in the past, which is why we see him try this. But unfortunately for him, Beth's mother is very determined.
0: (laughs) A little too determined, some would say.
1: Yes. So Beth and Kenneth pursue the engagement or. Are put in a position where they have to continue pursuing the engagement and they continue meeting regularly one on one to quote unquote get to know each other. And at first, they're both a little bit cold to each other, but they slowly start to open up to the other. Kenneth catches feelings first. He starts to become more curious about Beth the more he learns about Beth, and he starts to open up to her as a result. And because of that, His behavior changes and he becomes more inquisitive and teasing, instead of silent as he was before.
0: There's a moment in the webtoon where Kenneth and Beth have a very honest conversation with each other about what their intentions were. Or at the very least, Kenneth does about what his intentions were and why he was so standoffish, cold, mean. And you get to see the magic in that moment, that spark between them, fly, and... It's really fun to see on the page.
1: It's great because Beth learns, as soon as she learns that it was an act to try and break up the engagement, she starts to see the real Kenneth. Because before now, she was not really coming around, even though his behavior had changed because of the horrible first impression that he had set. But now that she knows that it was a ruse, that it wasn't actually who he was, she begins to open up to him a little more and her heart opens up to him a little more. She discovers his boyish side and she begins to fall for him even more. It's through these subsequent interactions that she's able to see Kenneth's honesty and sincerity and those two things are actually a big reason why she falls for him. He never says something he doesn't mean. He's a practical kind of person. Kenneth is very logical and he doesn't tend to get too caught up in flowery things. He's pretty straightforward and he's blunt. And though this gets him in a bit of trouble with Beth sometimes, mostly because he's kind of socially awkward, he is really awkward around Beth. He tries to compliment her and express his interest, but it doesn't really go his way. <laughs> it kind of um backfires pretty hard. And he doesn't, Always pick up on Beth's clues, so he often has to try and figure out what she is feeling or trying to say. But the flip side of this is that when he expresses sincere interest or feelings, it hits straight in the heart because she knows it's real. For example, those times when he said, and this is what gets to her right in the very beginning when he says, if it's you, I want to get married. They're both realizing that they've been forced to be in this position by their families. So Beth is saying, oh, so you're like me, you don't want to get married. And he just straight up says to her, you know, I've changed my mind. I don't know when or how it happened, but if it's you, I do want to get married. And that gets to her. I mean, that's like shot straight to the heart. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Like that was one of my first moments where I was just like, I am on board this ship.
0: It's definitely a swoon-worthy moment.
1: Yes. And another one, again, is when he tells her straight up that he likes hearing her call him by his name, because up until that point, and this is a little bit early on, but a little later than that first time when they start to get on the same page, she calls him by his name, Kenneth, and then he's like, you've never called me by my name before, and she starts blushing, and it's just such a cute moment because, again, it's like these burgeoning feelings, and they're getting to know each other, and it's beautiful. And then he calls her by her name, and oh, it's just so swoon It's beautiful. I love their couple moments.
0: They're definitely our favorite ship in this webtoon.
1: For sure. They're also one of my favorite ships, just period, I think, in webtoons, but... Aside from that, I'll just touch on this last moment that I love so much is when he tells her why he became interested in her and what she has come to mean to him. And I think that hits a little bit different because up until then, they'd been getting to know each other and slowly starting to understand each other more. But this is a really big moment of vulnerability that he shares with her because he talks about his family which he is not in the habit of doing with very many people. He gets really vulnerable with her, really open about things that are really deep inside of him. And in doing that, he also ends up expressing what she's come to mean to him and how he sees her and what he thinks about her and what she means to him. And I think that's truly when they, in my mind, first realize that they're falling in love with each other.
0: Yeah. And boy, do they fall.
1: And while this is happening, Beth's friendship with Lawrence is still continuing.
0: Yeah, they start getting more and more entwined. And he starts running into pushback from the vampire end of things. It gets revealed to us that vampires are not allowed to interact with humans. And that vampire society is very much kept in check by human vampire hunters. And that even Lawrence's friendship with Beth would get him punished along with julian we have not mentioned up to this point
1: right so julian is lawrence's handler caretaker his only friend really and julian is part of the vampire hierarchy that exists so julian was the one to turn lawrence so many years ago so he is responsible for him and any actions that lawrence undertakes In the same way, there's also a vampire council, and the person who is higher up in the vampire council responsible for Julian and Lawrence and many other vampires is Madalena, and she would also be affected and punished should something like this happen, or should her vampires, any one of her vampires, get out of line.
0: Yeah, vampire society very much oppresses Lawrence in the same way that regular quote unquote society oppresses Beth. But for Lawrence, it's made worse by his own guilt and his loneliness that are intertwined and are very, unfortunately, deeply rooted at this point.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that Lawrence has very complicated relationships with his own vampiricism. The story constantly shows his struggle to embrace or even accept his own vampiric nature. The problem is, is that It's deeply rooted within him. He is a vampire. He does desire blood. He does desire and enjoy a very base level, this quote-unquote dirty world that he works so hard to reject and control his own impulses from. But he also detests and rejects it because this very nature is the thing that caused the death of his beloved wife. He's racked with guilt over his wife's death because he was the one who killed her in his newly vampiric state he went home and without realizing or understanding his own impulse for blood he ended up murdering his own wife it's very tragic
0: yeah which is why julian looks out for lawrence so much he definitely feels responsible and that he owes lawrence a great deal
1: It's pretty clear, I think you can see in the story, that Julian cares deeply about Lawrence. He's deeply loyal to him, despite possible repercussions from the hunters and the vampire council about Lawrence's meetings with Beth. He's not going to snitch. And you're right in that as much as Julian advises and counsels and brings up constantly these boundaries that they have to respect from the council and from the hunter society julian also feels very guilty because he knows how conflicted lawrence is inside
0: whether lawrence believes it or not though julian is doing this for lawrence's own good
1: yeah he perceives these meetings with beth as being dangerous which they are especially for beth and that vampires need to sort of stay in their own lane to survive Julian is powerful, but he knows that he's limited in his power. Vampires as a whole are, with a group like the Hunters policing them. He is very vocal in his opposition with Lawrence meeting Beth with good reason.
0: Yeah, and on the flip side, Lawrence is a little bit selfish in this regard. He says, let me deal with the consequences, but he should know better. He should know that it'll affect everyone else, and he gets reminded of this, and he still goes ahead with His relationship with Beth.
1: His pursuit of Beth is absolutely selfish. My goodness. And I think it's because Beth represents a lot to him. He is a fundamentally lonely character. All of the three, the main three are, and we'll speak on the other two in more detail, but Lawrence hasn't gotten this close to another being besides Julian in a long time. Adding to that, in his mind, in his view, He sort of sees Beth as representing something pure, innocent, virginal, even, that's the implication. And the humanity that she represents is a place that he wants to strive to be near. It's very symbolic to him. It feels very symbolic to him. He wants to be near Beth versus what is presented as his reality, which is that he needs to feed from this murderous prostitute who is sensual, conniving, manipulating, Um, this is an early scene in the webtoon, but it's a good representation, a good um, metaphor for this, and he needs to feed from this prostitute in order to survive. And so that dichotomy between the pure humanity that Beth represents versus the messy, bloody, vampiric reality that he lives in and wants to reject, but unfortunately has to accept what's different for Beth is that instead of accepting her reality, Beth is faced with a choice. She has a choice between pursuing this relationship with Lawrence, which even if she doesn't know that he's a vampire, there are still so many other problems and so many other potential flags that she's able to pick up on. He has a dead wife He's sort of the secret friend, and it's a relationship that even she knows is not really going to go anywhere. So she has to choose between him or Kenneth, her fiance, who she's not only set up to marry, but she genuinely loves. She loves both of these men, and Kenneth, she's had an opportunity to really get to know and feel close to. So Beth makes a choice, and she chooses Kenneth.
0: And this? bothers Lawrence. Maybe bother is not strong enough of a word because Lawrence is not happy about it.
1: No, his first reaction when he hears this, and it's such poor timing too, I was cringing reading this because Lawrence is literally, he is about to confess his love to Beth and Beth sort of already coming into that interaction with the intention of letting go of the friendship and explaining she has a fiancé, she sort of blurts out, you know, I'm engaged. So it's poor timing to begin with. We, We will give that to Lawrence. It is poor timing. But his first reaction is to grab her hand and we can see the skin bunching up as Lawrence holds Beth's wrist so tight as he asks if she's happy with him. And only when he sees her eyes soften and her smile come to her face as she answers yes does he let her go so this is a really interesting bit of behavior that we're starting to see lawrence come into this new possessiveness
0: and we haven't seen too much past this point as season two ends not too far after that but it points lawrence in a downward spiral kind of direction
1: yeah it began for me During his visit to the Vampire Council, and when he and Madalena were feeding and they were engaging in this, you know, many nights of feeding and sex and all of these like very bloody dirty things, you know, that he was trying to abstain himself away from. It kind of began with that because we saw that with Madalena, he didn't leave when he had the chance to. So it showed that he started to enjoy. Feeding into that vampiric nature and then we start to see some of the possessiveness come out here
0: yeah what are vampires to blood and women it's definitely something he leans into and falls into way more
1: Mm -hmm. and so i think we're starting to see a shift with lawrence here which is very interesting and we'll talk a little more about it in our finale talk going into season three but it's fascinating (music) For now, though, let's shift our gears to Beth and Kenneth.
0: It's pretty clear that there's a change in Kenneth and Beth's relationship after Beth admits to herself and chooses Kenneth over Lawrence. They become a lot more open and a lot more loving towards each other, even more so than before.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Beth totally has this moment when she can't even look Kenneth in the face because of how much she loves him. She's feeling so awkward because these feelings have crept up so naturally and she's just now realized them. And so she's having trouble facing him. And then she has this moment when he's trying to be there for her and he's asking her, What's going on? Did I do something? And then she realizes, Why am I looking away when all I want to do is be here with him? And it's just the sweetest thing. So the big difference as I see it is that both of them more than ever, commit to each other. They stand up for each other, they show up for each other in both actions and words, and it's all the kind of emotional commitment that a young couple in love, ready to be married, shows one another.
0: It's honestly one of the reasons why we like this ship so much. It's clear that it's a two-way street.
1: Absolutely, very much a two-way street, and it's one of one of the best things, one of the reasons why I root for their ships so hard. Let's talk a little bit more about the ships. Will, what is your take on the two ships, Kenneth and Beth, and Beth and Lawrence?
0: I'm not going to lie, I initially wanted to be on Lawrence's side when I first started reading this webtoon, because I have a bit of a soft spot for characters who are lonely and isolated, but the more and more I saw Kenneth, And Beth interact and grow together, the more I love them more and more. So, for me, Kenneth and Beth is my favorite ship of this webtoon. Lawrence and Beth is good too, don't get me wrong, but it's clear to me now that Lawrence has shown himself to be a bit too selfish, a bit too self absorbed, and I think he just needs friends more so than love right now.
1: Lawrence definitely needs some kind of support in his life beyond just Julian, because while Julian genuinely cares about Lawrence, I think Lawrence also resents him. But back to Beth, I agree with this. I don't think that Lawrence and Beth are really meant to be together, mostly because I get the sense that Lawrence likes and feels drawn to Beth because of what she represents to him, rather than the person that she is. Lawrence's interest in Beth is very selfish, the fact that he still tries to be close to her despite better judgment, Julian's judgment, and the rules that are in place, it says something about Lawrence's position and his desperation to belong to a world that is no longer his, and Beth and Kenneth's relationship is really built on much more solid ground. Yes, they first came together through a forced engagement, or an arranged engagement, we should say, but they've really gotten to know each other wholly, and I think you said something about it being a two-way street. That's absolutely the case with them. Their support, their care, their empathy, and their consideration is mutual. They are two lonely people. But despite that loneliness, they find a home and they create a home within each other. They're able to share things and be vulnerable with each other, especially about their family expectations, which was cool because this vulnerability and this openness was there from the start when they commiserate about their parents forcing them to get married. And then it just ends in this wonderful crescendo where Kenneth is sobbing in Beth's arms as he finally has found somebody who is there with him and supports him and loves him, because Kenneth has lived without love for a very long time, ever since the death of his sister, and he carries around the guilt for her death ever since. So this is a man that was a lonely child and has grown up into a lonely adult. He has at least one other close friend that we've met, but... When Beth tells him that he won't be alone ever again and that she would be by his side, basically that he has someone to unburden himself to, that's such a beautiful, impactful moment, and it brings him to tears. And this was a really big moment for them, but the proof of their relationship, what makes it so solid to me, are all of the small, little moments that this webtoon and their relationship is populated with. Life isn't about big grand gestures or big impactful moments. It's also about the everyday. And I think we can see in Beth and Kenneth's interactions that their everyday is going to be beautiful. They have such a lovely rapport and dynamic with each other. They're sweet and they're understanding, they listen to each other. Kenneth teases Beth a lot at first, which is actually really sweet. First she finds it annoying, but then she figures out, oh, okay, he's actually not that bad. And so he teases her about grumpy Beth. And once she's comfortable, she also teases him back, which is really cute to see. What makes this even better is that he backs up this teasing with sincere, caring gestures. Like, he brings her a first edition Weathering Heights book. For her birthday, and he gifts that to her. And that not only shows that he's been paying attention, but also that he prioritizes her when he gives her something. He's thinking of her, and that consideration goes a long way. Kenneth also shows a constant effort to try and open up to and be there for Beth. He reads her favorite book to try and understand her more. That one meeting when he was reading Wuthering Heights and she kind of notices that he is reading a book instead of his usual newspaper. He puts an effort to make sure that she's comfortable with him by asking her to let him know when he's being too blunt and embarrassing again because he knows that he's pretty straightforward sometimes and he doesn't always pick up on cues that she's uncomfortable, so he asks her to let him know. And, you know, the fact that they're having this kind of communication is so good. It's so healthy. It's really mature. And I love that they're pushing each other and growing with each other in these ways. He's really attentive and he checks in with her, and in return, she blossoms and she opens up to him. Beth is a really caring person, and the more she learns about Kenneth and the more she comes to care for him, the more she shows her natural empathy and compassion. And you can see this, especially when she meets Kenneth's dad. She fiercely stands her ground against Vincent, she's not backing down against him, and she gets in between the two of them when kenneth is being beat up by his father her support isn't just in her words she is there for her man and it's so strong conviction in her beliefs and in her love that makes their relationship so compelling they love each other they care about each other and they pay attention to each other and Their relationship, I'm going to be honest, is not only one of the most beautiful trajectories that I've seen, but the place that they've come to at this point in the story where they're so much on the same page and growing more and more in love with each other. And the kind of relationship patterns that they're building and the dynamics that they're developing and the behaviors that they're already putting set in place, it sets up such a wonderful, healthy foundation for a healthy life together and I am such a big fan of that. I love the two of them together, and as appealing initially as Lawrence may have been, I really think that Kenneth and Beth has more than made a case for itself as the ship to root for in this webtoon, in my opinion. And that's what makes this next arc so compelling and so painful. Because Kenneth and Beth are in such a good place, And now we have got a wrench in the works.
0: And that wrench, of course, we knew it was coming, is that Lawrence is a vampire and Kenneth is a hunter.
1: (sighs) Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the ending of season two and where we've left off and all of the questions and the cliffhangers that we have been left with.
0: Kenneth being revealed as a hunter has serious implications for does Beth find out that Lawrence is a vampire?
1: Yeah, those are two main points that I was just like, oh, this is juicy because Kenneth being revealed to be a hunter. I think a lot of us low key expected this Who we're reading this damn it, the pain levels are just going to ratchet up to a thousand because of Beth's relationship with both of these men and the inherent tension in the situation. And as for Lawrence being a vampire, we know that Lawrence stopped by Beth's engagement party and that she saw him there, but she does not yet know that he is a vampire and she just thinks that Kenneth was being rude to a normal man. And that Kenneth's jealous or something's going on with him. She doesn't understand that Kenneth knows Lawrence's real identity and he's deathly scared for Beth's safety. And so I'm just really curious, at what point in the story is Beth going to find out? Is it going to be after something has happened to Lawrence? And what is her reaction going to be when she finds this out?
0: Yeah. Will she be terrified? Will she be afraid? I don't think so. I suspect she's going to take Lawrence's side of things and that's going to cause quite a bit of conflict.
1: God, that's going to break my heart.
0: It's going to break both of our hearts.
1: Yeah, it already hurts so much to see Beth and Kenneth have this kind of conflict and tension. She thinks that he was being patronizing and trying to control her decisions. And I think this is kind of triggering for her because of her relationship with her parents. But the reality is, is that he was worried about her but he cannot tell her the truth about why so oh man i'm really curious to see how their tension will resolve and will beth be understanding after having a little more time to cool off or will it escalate because i think part of this is that beth is a little immature and during that conversation during that interaction that they had they were both emotionally distraught kenneth calms down and he comes down quicker than Beth, but Beth is too emotionally distraught to match his level. So I think what I would like to see here is how Beth reacts in season three to the situation and what her behavior is going to be like after she has a chance to cool off. As for Lawrence, gosh, I don't know what to expect when it comes to Lawrence and how she'll react to finding out that he's a vampire. I think her first inclination is going to be to not believe whoever gives her this information unless she sees it for herself but if someone shares this with her i think her first inclination is to not believe that person but once she believes it depending on where her relationship with kenneth is going to stand she is probably going to feel a little torn between having to make this choice because i think lawrence is not letting her go It doesn't seem like he's letting go of his relationship with her at all, even though she has let him go.
0: Yeah, Lawrence came to the party with the intention of letting her go and seeing her off. It doesn't seem to be the case.
1: No. uh Uh-uh. And the other interesting thing is, is the trouble Lawrence is in now. Because the vampire hunters now know that Lawrence has broken rules. So this is something we'll have to see. What are the stakes going to be like now? Because not only will Lawrence have to be punished, but what will happen to Julian and Madeline and the council and everything? Like, how is this going to ratchet up the tension and drive up the stakes for the story? And will Beth feel like Kenneth betrayed her because he couldn't tell her the truth that he knew?
0: I don't know. We'll have to find out in season three.
1: I know. The other part of this that I forgot to mention also is that Kenneth has also officially met the other leg of the love triangle, because we've been talking about Beth's reaction, but we have not talked about how Kenneth might react, because his first priority was to keep her safe and get her out of danger, so there wasn't much emphasis on this yet, but I think at some point, Kenneth is going to have questions about how she knows that man, and the love triangle is going to reveal itself.
0: Yeah, and the pain isn't going to go away. Kenneth is probably not going to take this news very well.
1: No, no, especially to a vampire rival. I think he's got so many emotions about this already. And oh my gosh, my heart is going to hurt so much reading this. I know it's going to be painful, but it's going to be beautiful. Oh gosh, I'm too invested.
0: Yeah, we'll be waiting with bated breath for what is to come.
1: that pretty much wraps up our thoughts for seasons one and two of children of the night it's been such a pleasure to read season one and two so we're so excited that season three is now back
0: thank you guys so much for listening all the way to the end you can find us on twitter and instagram at the webtoon room and you can also email us at the webtoon room at gmail.com
1: and if you like what you hear Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, a follow on Spotify, or the equivalent of wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We appreciate you guys being here, and we'll see you next week.
1: Bye.